Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Welcome to 1001 Radio Crime Solvers Podcast. This is your host, John Hagedorn. And we want 1001 Radio Crime Solvers to be your favorite place to go to enjoy a great mix of vintage detective shows from the golden age of radio. The scripts were great, the action was hot, and even the old commercials are enjoyable. And now, another episode of 1001 Radio Crime Solvers is ready to go. Enjoy! Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum, the refreshing, delicious treat that gives you chewing enjoyment, presents for your listening enjoyment... Pursuit! Pursuit. A criminal strikes and fades quickly back into the shadows of his own dark world. And then, the man from Scotland Yard, the famous Inspector Peter Black, and the dangerous, relentless pursuit. When man hunts, man. To make every day more enjoyable, treat yourself often to refreshing, delicious Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum. Here's a taste treat you can enjoy indoors, outdoors, at work, or at play. The cool, long-lasting mint flavor refreshes you. The smooth, steady chewing helps keep you fresh and alert, adds enjoyment to whatever you're doing. Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum. Healthful, refreshing, delicious. Now, with John Dana starred as the famous Inspector Peter Black of Scotland Yard, Wrigley's Spearmint Gum brings you tonight's story, Pursuit of the Limehouse Killers. Chief Inspector Black. Sergeant Meston here, sir. Call for you. Mm. Anything important, Meston? I'm just about to go home. Don't know, sir. It's a man. Says he won't talk to anyone but you. 
Um, put him on, will you? Yes, sir. Chief Inspector will talk to you. Hello. Hello. Are you there? Tell the other chip to hang up. All right. Now, who's speaking, please? Hello, Peter. This is Mr. Roach. Clive! How are you, old boy? We've been worried about you. Awfully sorry I haven't been able to get in touch sooner. I found the head man. Good work. Who is it? Jackman. Oh, wonderful. Only two things wrong. I can't locate the narcotics and they just popped him off. The what? Who did it? Oh, I don't know. Someone here, I think. Jackman's on the second floor back, the room next to mine. Are you there now? Yes. They're up to something. We'd better make our move, then. Right. But I wanted to warn you... Yes? That, uh, when you get here... Uh, uh, all, all, all right, Ducky. Uh, keep it warm for me, eh? Ha-ha. <laughs> uh, ta-ta! Moffitt. Yes, sir? Fetch a car, will you? Right, sir. Couple? Our inside man on the narcotics matter has located the leader. For over a year, Scotland Yard had been working on the case. It involved one of the cleverest and most sinister narcotics rings in the British Isles. We knew their methods, and we knew some of their lesser members. But to date, we had been unable to make an arrest. The phone call I had received was from a flying squad man, Clive Furness, who, using the name Roach, had been assigned the unenviable task of living in the neighborhood that harbored the scum and driftwood of London's underworld. Ostensibly, he was one of them. And it was this fact which we had hoped would guide us to the leader of the organization. It took us quite some time to arrive at the dismal, cold-water-flatted limehouse. The fog was very dense, and the street lamps waged a valiant but futile battle against it. Taste the filthy stuff, sir. Yes, I know. It's a fallacy, Moffat. There's not the slightest similarity to pea soup. Now, wait a minute. Did you hear something? A foghorn, sir? No, 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 no. A woman. Sounded as though she were in pain, crying. <laughs> Although I imagine there's a lot of pain down here, Moffat, and not all physical. Come on. Can you make out the numbers? Uh, that was uh, 36 we just passed, sir. Right. the landlord here? Yes. Scotland Yard. So? We received a report there's been somebody done away with in your building. Done away with? You got the wrong place. Does a man named Jackman live here? Not anymore. Oh? He moved away two days ago. Hmm. I should like to see his quarters, please. You're the police. I got to show you. Upstairs. Would you give me your name, please? Caprilas. Do you know where Mr. Jackman went? 
No. Does anyone else occupy the, occupy the room now? No. Jackman moved away two days ago and left his clothing? That's right. I wouldn't let him take them. He owed me money for the flat. I told him to pay and I would give his clothes to him. Who tells you this? Somebody dead here. We received a phone call at the yard. It may have been from somebody in the building. Must be a joke. Somebody called to make trouble. How many rooms are there on this floor, Mr. Caprillus? Three. Mm. And who occupies the one next to Mr. Jackman? Nobody. Huh? How long has he been empty? Mm. Two days ago. What was the man's name? I did not say it was a man. Who was it, then? A man. Mm. Name? Roach. We'll see his room, please. All right. Your tenants move rather hurriedly and frequently, Mr. Capillus. That's against the law? Not at all. Merely an observation. Huh. Mr. Capillus, you always leave the windows open in your vacant flats? Sometimes. If they smell, I leave them open. And did Mr. Uh... Roach, was it? Prefer a ladder to the stairs? I was going to paint the building. You've seen enough? Nobody dead in here. I hadn't expected to find anyone dead in here. Had you, Mr. Caprillus? And in here, Mr. Caprillus? Um, just a girl. You don't have to bother her. She doesn't know anything. She's drunk all the time. Always drunk. You can go downstairs, Mr. Caprillus. I'll see you in a few minutes. You're wasting your time. It was a joke. Nobody's dead in here. Keep your eyes open, Moffat. You can watch the front door from the banister. See that nobody leaves. Right, sir. Speak to you a moment, miss. I'm tired. Go away. It's the police. Wait a minute. I was asleep. What do you want? There are one or two questions I should like to ask. May I come in? Better use the bed. The chair's broke. No, don't use the bed. All right. Friend of mine broke it. Give me this bruise, too. Have a drink? My friend gives me whiskey, too. No, thank you. Gotta use a cup. So I broke the glass. I don't remember when. Yesterday, maybe. Did you know Mr. Jackman along the corridor? Of course I did. When was the last time that you saw him? I don't remember. It was yesterday, maybe. The day before, I don't remember. 
Sure you won't have a drink? I don't like to drink alone. It's sad. Lonely. There was a report phoned into Scotland Yard this evening that Mr. Jackman had been murdered here, possibly in his room. Did you hear anything? No. No, I'll never hear anything. I'll just live here. I'm on my own business. Have you been here during the whole evening? The whole evening? <laughs> oh, yes, I've been here. I was going out for a bite with my friend. But he didn't turn up. I'm frightened. Go away. Leave me alone. Why are you frightened? Don't you know? Everything. Everybody. <laughs> I was going to have a baby once. Died. I wish I'd died too. It's lonely. Right there, um, there was another man on your floor, Mr. Roach. I didn't know him. I may want to talk to you again. Would you give me your name, please? My name? Glory. Just ask for glory. Everybody in my mass knows glory. I heard you crying on the street before I came in here. Why have you been crying? Wasn't me you heard. I've got no reason to cry ever. It's a little bit too much to drink. If you're finished, Mr. Policeman, you can go now. Yeah, all right. Um, will you do this for me? Don't be frightened. I know what has been going on here, and I know how to stop it. Please call me when you feel you can talk. All right, I'll go now. Take this. No, I don't want your money. Not now. Stay with me. That's all. I'm frightened. I'm sorry. If you wish, I'll leave a man outside. Go on. That's right. Get out of it. You make me sick. You're nothing but a dirty copper. You're all alike. Get out! left the girl who in Somerset of Devon would have been so pretty, but in London's Limehouse was not, but so frightened and unhappy that she had to remain intoxicated to tolerate living. I wondered who her friend was and why he gave her whiskey and where she fitted into the sordid picture of narcotics and murder. I arranged for a constable to stand on guard and returned to the yard with Muffet to await further word from our flying squad man, Clive Furness, alias Mr. Roach. The ladder outside his room might have been his means of escape. Uh, oh, 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 beg your pardon, sir. Mm, uh, you can go home if you want to, Muffin. No, sir. I'll wait. They were lying. Both of them. The landlord Caprilius, because he knows what's going on, and the girl, because she's afraid. But I can't bring either one of them in. We have no proof of either murder or narcotics. What I don't understand, sir, hmm? is how they covered the traces of Jackman's murder so quickly. I'm afraid, Moffat. Sir? I wonder... Ah, 
This may be furnace. Chief Inspector Black. Uh, oh, where? Uh, yes, would you? Man's body has been found in an alley behind the boarding house, Muffin. Oh, sir? Sergeant has the description. Uh, yes, Sergeant. What? Are you sure? Oh. Yes, I see. Yes, I'll come down. Thank you. Well, sir? Not Jackman. The chap I rather liked. Detective Sergeant Furness. He's been murdered. To make every day more enjoyable, treat yourself often to refreshing, delicious Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum. The lively, full-bodied, real mint flavor cools your mouth, moistens your throat, freshens your taste. And the chewing itself gives you a little lift, helps you keep going at your best. So for real chewing enjoyment that's refreshing and long-lasting, always keep Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum handy. Healthful, delicious Wrigley's Spearmint Gum will make every day more enjoyable. Now, the second act of Pursuit of the Limehouse Killers. Well, sir, I don't imagine he suffered much. They had to put him out of the way quickly. They knew we were coming. What about his wife, sir? Are you going to tell her or will the commissioner? No. I'll tell him of it in the morning. We're going back to the limehouse. Now, sir? It's almost three. Would you be able to sleep, Muffet? No, sir. If you don't mind, I'll have a couple of pistols issued. All right, Moffat. I'll meet you at the car. Everything quiet, Constable? Oh, yes, Inspector. No one's gone in, no one's come out. Right. Your relief will be here in about an hour. Thank you, sir. Girl first, sir? Yes. She knows. This time she's going to tell us. Miss? Miss Glory? I've got the light, sir. Oh, that's torn it. I should have taken her in before. Come on. Capillus, where is the girl upstairs? How should I know? Up to now, you seem to have been well aware of the movements of your tenants. Maybe she went out. Maybe she likes to walk at night. There is a constable on duty outside. He says that no one left here. 
Now you think she's dead, like you think Jockman's dead, eh? Look, somebody's playing a joke with you. Nobody's dead here. Why don't you leave me alone? You lied about Mr. Roach. I don't lie. He was found dead tonight in an alleyway near here. So? Mr. Roach is the man who phoned me about Jackman. He used the telephone in this building until tonight he was living here. You've been lying. I don't lie. He moved away two days ago. Maybe he come back tonight to, to see a friend. I'm just the landlord. I don't spy. Let me try, sir. I'm only a sergeant. Moffat, take your hands off him. Sorry, sir. Caprilius, you are to stay here. If you attempt to leave, you'll be placed under arrest immediately. Why, why should I go away? This is where I live. An investigation of the house showed us that someone had used a skylight leading to the roof in order to escape the building unnoticed. Our case now rested on evidence only the girl could supply. At the yard, I sent out a general alarm for her, and then took to my office couch for an hour or two's rest. When I awoke, the first thing that I did was to go to Detective Sergeant Clive Furness's home. His wife took the tragic news rather wonderfully. And I knew that in their marriage, Furness had been a most fortunate man. When I returned to the yard, I learned that Jackman's body had still not been found. Therefore, I ordered the river police to drag the Thames in an effort to recover it. There was still no word of the girl. I decided to go to Limehouse and try once more to question Capriles. Why? What questions? I answered last night what you asked. Why? We think that you know what happened to Mr. Roach and to Jackman. Roach, I told you. Jackman moved away two days ago. He owed me money. I told you. You don't believe me? Why don't you ask him? Him? Mr. Jackman. He come back this morning, paid his money, I give him the key to his room. There's nobody dead here. Uh, he's upstairs. Now? Mm. As I walked upstairs, I carried with me the sight of his insolent and toothy smile. And the expression in his hard, dark eyes that told me he thought he was making a fool of me and of the yard. There could be no mistake if it was Jackman. Criminal Records Office had a complete dossier with photographs of him, which I had studied. Hey. Scotland Yard. What? The police. You are Mr. Jackman? Yeah, that's me. What happened to you last night? Last night? It's rather personal, isn't it? Murder is personal, Mr. Jackman. Murder? I don't follow you. Mr. Roach, your neighbor, called the yard and stated that you'd been killed. Hey, he's dotty. Yeah. Well, I look dead. Where have you been? Well, I was asked to leave three days ago. Back of Funzadown. Last night, I made a sweet white city. Greyhounds. I paid Mr. Caprillis, and I'm back in home, sweet home. You have witnesses to swear to your statement? Well, I can find him if you want. You may have to, Mr. Jackman. Good morning.
Before his death, Furness had told us that Jackman was the leader of the narcotics ring. But an arrest on those charges necessitated the discovery of narcotics on the person of the principals. A task which at this point in our investigation seemed to me an impossibility. I determined, therefore, to take grim advantage of the murder of Clive Furness. And if I could find proof, arrest Jackman and Capillus on that more serious charge. In order to accomplish this, I left instructions with the men guarding the rooming house and returned to the yard. At six o'clock that evening, word came that my plan was succeeding. Jackman and Capillus had left the house and were being followed by two flying squad men. At eight, my phone rang. Yes? Inspector, Sergeant Meston here. Huh? The young woman on the phone wants to speak to someone who came to see her in Limehouse last night. I think it's your call, sir. Yes, it is, Meston. Put her through. All right, miss. Hello? Are you the one? Miss uh, Glory? Yes, it is you, isn't it? Where are you? I'm at Regent Street, too. They're following me. What happened to you? I ran away because I was afraid. They knew I saw what happened last night. Now they found me. I'm afraid. Stay where you are. We have men following them. And I'll be there as soon as I can. I came down from the street. They know I'm here. I can't stay. What shall I do? Now, hold on. Moffat, radio cars in vicinity of Regent Street Tube. We found the girl. She's in the station. Jackman and Caprillus followed her, as I thought they would. Right, sir. Inspector, what shall I do? Someone's shooting. There'll be more help in a minute or two. Now, stay in the light. Stay near to people. You don't understand. I stole it from them, and now they're after me. I'm afraid they'll catch me. Inspector Black? Yes? Inspector Roselle, sir. We followed them down here. As you said, they led us to the girl. They opened fire, hit one of our men and the girl. We've trapped them somewhere in the tunnel. Where is she? On the seat over there. She doesn't have the narcotics with her. Afraid there's not much we can do for her, sir. See that she gets to the hospital as soon as possible. Yes, sir. Come on, Moffat. They're about 200 yards in, sir. Uh, we haven't gone in yet. They're armed. So are we... Men at the other station? Yes, sir. Waiting for guns before they come this way. Right, Constable. Keep the tunnel entrance clear. I imagine they've stopped the train, sir. I hope so. We're in an awkward position if they haven't. Behind that pillar, sir. Yes, yes. Jackman! Caprilis! We are armed! We want you for the murder of Clive Furness! Jackman, sir. Muppet. Just my leg, sir. I'll be all right. Be careful, sir. You were a filthy dog, Caprilus. I hope it hurt. I sent Moffat to the hospital in the ambulance that couldn't move the girl. Her spine had been broken. She was dying on a bench in the station, still conscious and strangely 
not afraid anymore. Hello. Hello. Can you answer one or two questions for me now? Yes. Why did they kill Mr. Roach? Because they knew he was a policeman? They weren't sure till they set the trap for him. By pretending to kill Jackman? Yes. Hmm. When Mr. Roach went to the phone to call someone, they listened. Heard him talking to the police. It was Mr. Jackman killed him. I saw it. Why didn't you tell me this before? I was frightened. I stole... You know... Uh, narcotics? Yes. I stole it from them. You'll find it in the mattress of my bed. They said they'd kill me if they found out I stole it. Now they can't. All right. Thank you, Gloria. Don't talk anymore. Mister. Hmm? In my purse, there's a pound note. Yes? If I die, will you send me some flowers? The sort you'd buy for a girl. I bought her the flowers the next morning. But I couldn't go to her funeral because they buried my friend, Detective Sergeant Clive Furness, that afternoon. Pursuit. And the pursuit is ended. Remember, friends, to make every day more enjoyable, treat yourself often to refreshing, delicious Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum. There's lots of cooling, real mint flavor in every stick. And chewing Wrigley Spearmint helps keep you feeling fresh and alert. You feel better, work better, get more fun out of doing things. So indoors, outdoors, wherever you go, keep some healthful, refreshing Wrigley Spearmint Chewing Gum handy. To make every day more enjoyable, treat yourself often to delicious Wrigley Spearmint Chewing Gum. Pursuit. Brought to you by Wrigley's Spearmint Gum is produced and directed by Elliot Lewis and written by Gil Dowd and Anthony Ellis. Music was composed and conducted by Marlon Skiles. John Daner stars as Inspector Peter Black with Raymond Lawrence as Sergeant Moffat. Also featured in tonight's cast were Peggy Weber, Larry Dobkin, Paul Fries, Jay Novello, Tom Holland, and William Johnstone. Pursuit! The makers of Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum hope you've enjoyed tonight's story of pursuit and that you're enjoying Wrigley's Spearmint Gum every day. We invite you to join us next week at this same time when Pursuit will bring you another dramatic story of the famous Inspector Peter Black of Scotland Yard, relentlessly hunting down those whose disordered passions breed violence and murder. Another story of man hunting man when we bring you Pursuit. Bob Stevenson speaking. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum, the refreshing, delicious treat that gives you chewing enjoyment, presents for your listening enjoyment... Pursuit!
pursuit. A criminal strikes and fades quickly back into the shadows of his own dark world. And then the man from Scotland Yard, the famous inspector Peter Black, and the dangerous, relentless pursuit. When man hunts man. To make every day more enjoyable, treat yourself often to refreshing, delicious Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum. Here's a taste treat you can enjoy indoors, outdoors, at work, or at play. The cool, long-lasting mint flavor refreshes you. The smooth, steady chewing helps keep you fresh and alert. Adds enjoyment to whatever you're doing. Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum. Healthful, refreshing, delicious. Now, with John Dana starred as the famous Inspector Peter Black of Scotland Yard, Wrigley's Spearmint Gum brings you tonight's story, Pursuit in the North Sea. The day was warm, as London days in July can be. Behind the bars, assorted animals gazed out at the humans... And in turn, the assorted humans stared back at the animals. It was Sunday in Regent's Park at the zoo. Muffin and I had gone there with 40 other plainclothes policemen and women. It was not, however, a Scotland Yard picnic. We were after more dangerous prey than leopards, tigers, or cobras. Funny thing about monkeys. (laughs) Look at that one. Yeah, face is rather familiar. I hate to say it, sir, but I hope the commissioner never comes down here. Moffat, Moffat, you have no respect for your superior. Sorry, sir. Come along. There's another vendor, sir. Yes, all right. Can't take any chances. I say there. Ice cream. Sorry, sir. All that. Uh, just a moment. One o'clock on Sunday afternoon and you've sold out. That's right. Just going back for some more. Uh-huh. You're pulling my leg. You must have one stick left. It's truth, I haven't. Will you open the cabinet, please? Look here, who do you think you are ordering me about? Scotland Yard, young fellow, my lad. Do as you're told. Scotland Yard? Oh, I'm off. Ah, no, you don't. Come here. Now then, let's see what you've got in there. Mm, well. Cool, blimey. <laughs> How'd that get in there? What is it? Yeah, that, my young friend, is a case of American-made nylon stockings. Brought into England in violation of the customs law and worth, I should imagine, about 500 pounds in the black market. Fancy that. The question is, how did it get in your ice cream cart? Well, I haven't the slightest. You may remember when we get him to the yard, sir. You can't arrest me. We're not arresting you. We're taking you down for questioning. Uh, manacles, not it? Right, sir. Oh, oh no. no I, I don't want to go to prison. My poor old mother. And my brother. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where did you get them? A chap behind the reptile cage came up with a cart, bought all my ice cream, put this in mine, and he gave me a shilling. And what were you to do with it? Take it out to chap by the gate. He's got a van. Moffat, get some of the men. I want that van. Right, sir. We were too late. The van had gone. For at least the tenth time, the quarry had eluded the trap. 
And we were left with a 16-year-old boy and a case of contraband nylon stockings. It was a minute incident and a tremendous exercise which had become one of the greatest threats to Britain's economy, the age-old industry of smuggling. The British limitation on import made England a perfect target for these activities. At nine o'clock on Monday morning, I was called into the office of the Home Secretary. I'm disappointed, Black. I must say that I'm extremely disappointed. The Prime Minister takes a very serious view of the situation. Something's got to be done. Something simply must be done. Well, I can't defend my position, sir, but I hope you understand what we're up against. Now, we know that there's one big gang. But there are also a dozen, perhaps a hundred, subsidiary gangs. Possibly under the same leadership, possibly not. And we don't know who they are. French, Spanish, English, Americans. They use fast planes piloted by ex-combat pilots, both RAF and American Air Force. They use 45 not Thornycroft torpedo boats to bring the goods in, candidly, sir. Scotland Yard is not equipped to stop them. What about yesterday? At the zoo, sir? Oh, well, we were informed something was going to happen, a transfer of contraband, an extremely small part of the, of the entire problem. Unfortunately, there, as everywhere, they were as well informed as were we. Somehow, they always know when we're going to make a raid. What about the boy? After getting a worthless description of the man who gave him the goods, we let him go. Oh, he's being followed, but... I think it's a case of a boy earning a spare shilling. In other words, Black, we've made no progress whatsoever. Following our present pursuits, no. To stop them, if we can. We shall need the cooperation of every nation on the continent and in the Americas. Then get it? All right, sir. I shall. I have one request. Well? Carte Blanche. What do you mean? You've assigned me the problem, sir. Therefore, none of my methods will be questioned. Hmm. Very well. I shall want a squadron of Royal Air Force planes at my disposal and a destroyer for patrol. What? Planes? A destroyer? Impossible. They're using Spitfires, P-38s, torpedo boats. But it would cost us thousands back. Smuggling costs us hundreds of millions of pounds a year. Uh, give me a ring this afternoon. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> That afternoon, I received my planes and my destroyer. They were assigned to immediate patrol duty, both in the Channel and the Irish Sea. The ensuing week was devoted to arranging a conference in Amsterdam between police officials from 37 countries. For our plan to succeed, we needed the utmost in international cooperation. It was two days after the parley that our cooperative plans began to bear fruit. Yes. Hey, Sergeant. Oh, oh, splendid. Put them through, will you? You're Inspector Blacktall on the hair. We're on story till, Captain Stenser. Go, go. Oh, bara, 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 tak. Yeah? Aha, Frastavanger. They're good, Merkele. Bravo, bravo, Captain. They're in good beginning, sir. Among attack, Captain Stenser. You da? Yeah, farewell. The first report of success had come from Stavanger, Norway. An unlicensed aircraft carrying a cargo of American cigarettes and whiskey had been apprehended. The crew, by their own admission, had been bound for England. But they would not, however, divulge the names of their employers. With 
With this international cooperation during the month of June, a number of smuggling attempts were halted. In Portugal, West Germany, Spain, and even Italy, three aircraft were confiscated in Northern Ireland. But at best, these were scattered victories. Our prisoners were little men. The big man was still at large. On July 16th, men of the special branch arrested a London postman who was brought to my office. Hello, Black. Oh, Phillips. Nice to see you again. I should like you to meet Mr. Edgar Thwaite, a loyal servant of the Crown. I'm sure that uh, he wants to tell you about his novel method of delivering black market produce. Sit down, Thwaite. What have you to say for yourself? What do you expect me to say? Oh. From whom do you receive the goods? I don't know. Come now, come. I don't. I make my letter delivery same as always. And the packages that's got the stuff are special marked. I take them home and wait till I get a telephone call. Then I deliver the packages where I'm told. You say that the packages are specially marked? That's right. They're put in my bin before I get to the post office. And you have no idea who puts them there? No. Who contacted you in the first place to do this job? It wasn't me. It was my wife. Your wife? She was walking along the road. A man came up and asked her if she wanted some nylon stockings. She said yes. And he said that she could get as many as she wanted if I would work for him. And this man knew that you were a postman? I suppose so. Edie and I had a talk, and I decided to do it. The man called that night, and I said, okay. That's how it started. Frighteningly simple, isn't it, Black? Are there others in the post office engaged in this activity? I don't know. I don't care. Uh, wait outside, please. Well, it's a little more. You chaps better get to work on the post offices. Like Otterheads, Black. Feel sorry, though, for that little chap. A few more years and he'd have had his pension. Uh, you must have known that when he took the chance. We're going to stop him and others like him. That's why I like you, Black. Hmm? <laughs> you're so earnest when you're working. Oh. <laughs> yes, I suppose I am. But, you know, I've been a policeman for so long as I've got a difficult habit to break. investigation of the post office department netted us 15 more arrests, and we began to feel that although each arrest in itself was minor, the results when total were surely making the distribution of contraband increasingly difficult. It was tedious and frustrating work, for these peddlers were little people, but we knew that by checking the distributors we could eventually destroy the overseas source organizations. On July 19th at 5 o'clock, I received word from Calais that my associates with the French police had seen a torpedo boat putting to sea, but due to the heavy overcast, had been unable to maintain contact. Our destroyer, somewhere in mid-channel, was notified of this development. The destroyer's equipped with radar, sir. They might get them. Uh, we better wireless Captain Newton. Tell him I'm leaving immediately in an observation aircraft and we keep in contact with him. Very good, sir. Uh, you hold on here, will you, Moffat? I shan't be long. Right, sir.
Lovely old buses, these Hudsons. I used to fly them over the North Sea. Huh. Thought they'd buried them all. British economy, old Bean. British economy. There's not too much light left. I know. But we shall be able to spot them. Boat like that will leave quite awake. Where is that destroyer? Want to break radio silence? Try to reach them? No, no, I better not. Hello. Huh? You see something? Down there. Ah. See? Oh, yes. It's hard to tell, though. All serene. We'll have a look. Years, you know. It happens in lifts, too. Oh. I'm taking her into the wind. Give us a better chance to have a long look at her. Torpedo boat, all right. Thornycroft, MPT. Swing around again, will you? Getting dark. If you're sure, better give our position to the destroyer. Right now. Transmitter takes a moment to, do, uh, to warm up. She's an odd one, all right. No flag. Can't see. Back! Machine guns! Make every day more enjoyable, treat yourself often to refreshing, delicious Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum. The lively, full-bodied, real mint flavor cools your mouth, moistens your throat, freshens your taste. And the chewing itself gives you a little lift, helps you keep going at your best. So for real chewing enjoyment that's refreshing and long-lasting, always keep Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum handy. Healthful, delicious Wrigley's Spearmint Gum will make every day more enjoyable. Now, the second act of Pursuit in the North Sea. Lieutenant Tunney was able to land the aircraft on the surface of the water, but the Hudson began to settle almost immediately after she struck. We've only got a minute or two before she goes down. Are you all right, Black? We wrestled out of the seats, and I felt a moment's panic when I thought I was entangled in the straps of the cumbersome parachute. Here, I'll give you a hand with it. All right, now. The door. Come on. The floor of the plane began to tilt as we crawled upward toward the door. We'll have a go at it. Together now. Blasted things jammed. Try again. We smashed at it again and again. It moved a bit. Once more now. 
and then the incredible relief as it gave and allowed us escape into the black and turbulent haven of the North Sea. Watch the wind! Boom! Coming this way! What? Swim this way! Lieutenant! Lieutenant Connie! Sorry about this, but it's your own fault. But you, you, you leave him to drown? Nothing personal, you understand? Oh. But we had to shoot you down. I'm hardly expendable, you know. Usually don't make this trick myself. Couldn't let you notify the destroyer of our position. Who are you? Army? Scotland Yard. Oh. oh, you're the people who've been messing up my organization. If Lieutenant Tunney dies, there'll be a murder charge against you. I'm making money. I'll take that chance. Raft's ready, sir. Right. Cut the throttle. Get it over the side. Put a torch in it. The policeman wants to find his friend. Okay. You may need this. Contraband. It'll keep you warm until you're picked up. There you are, sir. Bottle of Johnny Walker's finest. This case was on its way to Africa. We think we can get more for it by returning it to England. It'll keep you warm. Hang on to it. Now you may look for your friend. I did hang on to the bottle. Two miserable hours. Whilst with the torch, I probed the darkness for a sign of Lieutenant Tunney. Then the destroyer picked me up and we continued the search, but it was fruitless. There was no sign of the torpedo boat, and it was dawn when we put back to Dover, and I returned, still hanging on to the bottle of Johnny Walker, to Scotland Yard. There I finally relinquished it to physical laboratory for fingerprints. Bloody fine job, sir, hanging on to that bottle. Oh? Prince? Right you are, sir. Who is it? Englishman. Name is Spencer. Gerald Spencer. War Office Files. Discharged 1945. Left England for the continent 1947. Officially, at least, has never returned. Well, Spencer, huh? Yes, sir. He's got a sister, hmm? Marion. Oh, good. Where can she be reached? Here, sir, at the yard. What? Policewoman. Attached to special branch. Do you realize what that means? The information leaks. Yes, sir. She was assigned to us last month on that raid in Regent's Park Zoo. Get her here, Moffat. Right, sir. We learned that Miss Spencer was not on duty that day. So Moffat and I went to her house. She let us in. 
There were a pair of nylon stockings drying on a towel draped over the back of the chair. You must forgive the appearance of my place, Inspector. It's my day off. This is an official call, Miss Spencer. I spent an interesting few minutes with your brother last night. Gerald? Yes. It was in the channel. When was the last time that you saw him? Not since 1947. Oh? You had no contact whatsoever with him since that time? A few letters, that's all. We've tried to maintain secrecy in our operations against smuggling, Miss Spencer. But at almost every turn, our movements have become known. But why'd you come to me? We thought that possibly you could tell us how your brother knew that a patrol plane was searching for him and consequently shot it down. Well, I don't know. Resulting in the death of the pilot, Lieutenant Tunney. Because I'm his sister, you think that... Inspector, I've been with the Yard for two years, and you'll find that my record is very good. I have no doubt of it. If I'm wrong, Miss Spencer, I owe you a profound apology. But as a policewoman, you must realize that every possibility must be explored. I understand. We wish to search your house. I don't... Yes, of course. You shan't have to search, Inspector. There's a wireless in my cupboard over there. Moffat? Yes, sir. Stay with it, Moffat. Right, sir. How long have you been in communication with him? A year. Did he complete his delivery last night? Yes. The things were brought here. They're in my garage. Why have you done this? Why not? It was exciting. Seemed a good way to make a lot of money. Gerald got some pals together on the continent and started bringing stuff over. Who are they? Where are they? Why should I tell you? We know your brother's the leader. What if he is? Simply that he's committed murder. And he'll hang for it. I'm sorry. I'm sure he didn't mean to. He's a nice chap. An awfully nice chap. After she was taken, the house was watched. And another arrest was made when a van and two men came to collect the contraband goods. Moffat and I sat by the wireless for two days, waiting. On the afternoon of the 22nd, the receiver sparked into life. Here it is, sir. All right, get it down carefully. They won't acknowledge, sir. No, no, don't. Don't. Say there's uh, trouble with the equipment and then break it off midway, sir. Yes, sir. Ah, we'll hope they don't get wind up. Here, let me see that. En route with shipments from Rotterdam. Should arrive usual point at twenty hundred hours. Four boats. Have vans ready. Eight o'clock, sir. Was past four now. And where would the usual point be? Doesn't really matter, Moffat. I want our planes to patrol the Holland coast and west. We'll board the destroyer. I think, Moffat, we've got a chance to smash Spencer and his gang. A 
Robert and I stood on the bridge as the hysterical warnings from the destroyer's siren cleared our path from the harbor. Then the lean gray monster turned its head to the coast of Belgium and at 40 knots bit into the waters of the North Sea. Captain Newton, radar spotted two craft traveling in a northwesterly direction, about 3,000 yards off the port quarter. Yeah, very good. Sound petrol stations. Request 4.7 tourists to arm make ready. Very good, sir. Helm, alter course to 022. 022, sir. Yeah, Inspector. I wonder about the other two boats, Captain. We better contact the patrol planes. Uh, quartermaster, notify wireless to request three aircraft. Operation Black. Have a look through the glass, Inspector. They're Thornycroft, MPTs. Yeah, thanks. Well, I can't be sure. But the first boat could be the same one. They're changing course. Put a shot across the bow. A turret two. Warning salvo. Aye, sir. I don't think you'll stop them with that. I hope we can. Because in the run, they can do a few more knots than we can. They're separating. You want them stopped, Inspector? You can't catch them? No. All right. Blow them out of the water. Fire at will. survivors from the water. There were three of them, including Gerald Spencer. The other two boats had capitulated after skirmishes with attacking aircraft. The operation has cost His Majesty's government thousands of pounds, but the return on the investment could be calculated in the millions. Pursuit. And the pursuit was ended. Remember, friends, to make every day more enjoyable, treat yourself often to refreshing, delicious Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum. There's lots of cooling, real mint flavor in every stick, and chewing Wrigley's Spearmint helps keep you feeling fresh and alert. You feel better, work better, get more fun out of doing things. So indoors, outdoors, wherever you go, keep some healthful, refreshing Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum handy. To make every day more enjoyable, treat yourself often to delicious Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum. Pursuit, brought to you by Wrigley's Spearmint Gum, 
is produced and directed by Elliot Lewis and is written by Gil Dowd and Anthony Ellis. Music was composed and conducted by Marlon Skiles. John Daner stars as Inspector Peter Black with Raymond Lawrence as Sergeant Moffat. Also featured in the cast were Irene Tedrow, Terry Kilburn, Eric Snowden, Dan Tobin, Byron Kane, and Tom Holland. Pursuit! The makers of Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum hope you've enjoyed tonight's story of pursuit and that you're enjoying Wrigley's Spearmint Gum every day. Stevenson speaking. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. That wraps it up for tonight's show at 1001 Radio Grime Solvers. We really enjoy good reviews, so when you have a chance, say something nice about a selection of shows, or maybe suggest some to us. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.